welcome back for this week's episode of the Sports Gospel Show here on sportsgospel.com or wherever you find your favorite sports podcast. We're happy to have you back with us, and look who it is for his monthly appearance, Austin, back in the studio. And you know what that means. We're going to do a baseball-heavy show. We haven't really checked in on the majors in, dare I say, over a month, so happy to have Austin back here. We're going to touch on the NBA Finals, the NHL Stanley Cup Final. We've got a UFC card coming up this weekend, some other random topics in the sports world. And Austin, welcome back. What to expect in this suddenly massive Nuggets versus Heats Game 3 as the NBA Finals move to Miami? Well, that is a terrific lead-in for the show because as you got that alert, I turned on the recording part. We were uh, having jibber-jabber about what teams are in the Mountain West and the WAC and the Big Sky. And Kellen Moore. And Kellen, the greatness of Kellen Moore seems to pop up on our shows more than anybody else talks. Kellen Moore doesn't talk about Kellen Moore as much as we do. Didn't he just get an OC job with the car, with the Chargers? Chargers. I think he's working his way up. It's kind of the same thing that, um, what's his name, Biennemi. Like, he had to leave Kansas City to go to Washington to prove that he could win in somebody else's system. So I think Kellen Moore is going to go work his magic with the Chargers for a year and then become the head coach of the Cardinals next season when they draft a new quarterback. The hot take. It's about time that Kellen Moore gets a good quarterback. Kellen Moore. Dun, dun, dun. Kellen Moore coaching Caleb Williams at the Cardinals next year. Caleb Williams? Who, Caleb... Else, who else is going to be the first quarterback? You, you, are you, on you the think Drake? he's going to go to the Cardinals, really? I think he's going to go to the first overall pick. And I mean, I wouldn't put it past the Cardinals. Who's going to be worse than the Cardinals this year? Texans are going to be better. Browns are going to be better. Lions are good. I'm just thinking like the usual garbage teams. Well, who had the, who was number two last year? Who was the second worst? I mean, the Raiders are looking like they're going to be up there if Jimmy G's not healthy and they don't have a quarterback. Okay. Because well, and it was because the Panthers got a quarterback. The Bears have a young quarterback. I'm, like the teams who drafted high, Texans have a quarterback. Bears have a quarterback. Panthers have a quarterback. Jags have a quarterback. I'm trying to think. Well, Saints have in a quarterback. The, Fal- the, the one a Titans, team that maybe. might be it might be down there is Green Bay potentially. <sighs> Packer fans don't want to hear that. Yeah, but they don't understand what happens when you lose an MVP player. Are you guys going to let Cousins walk and start over? No. Uh, well, n- no. I. Mm. <laughs> I don't <laughs> or know. Or should you? <laughs> You'd be better off. Uh, I think they're going to cut Dalvin Cook. I think that's happening. There was the scuttlebutt today that he, or this week that he almost got traded. Yeah. Well, there. Uh, yeah. There's rumor that they're going to cut him. So, I wonder what it's like to be a running back when people tell you that your life was at its best before 28 years old, and now you're just expendable. 28 is being generous. Is the problem? <laughs> it's so weird. And it's NFL life. Bef- it's life before your second contract, really. Yeah. Like, how many running backs have been good on their second contract? Adrian Peterson? Marshawn Lynch? Even he was getting hurt on his second contract. Is Derrick Henry on his – he's on his second deal. He has to be. He's still doing his thing. Yeah, he has to be. But even, like – and he's a and he's an animal. Even he only played, what, 12 games last year, 10 games with his, with his foot injury? Yeah, he's starting to get the injuries, but he's still Derrick Henry, so he just plows through people for fifteen hundred yards. Yeah, he is ridiculous. He is so fun to watch. But you, but yeah, I just don't like. I don't think, and if we could talk about the Vikings, there's no reason to. But <laughs> I just like signing a running back to a second contract or having two running backs on their first contract. Like we're in such a pass happy league, and running backs get hurt so often. Why would you ever really, unless he is? coming off an MVP season, keep your running back. Like, Dalvin Cook averaged 75 yards per game last year. Ask the – who is it, the Lions and the Falcons? I get they're get, they drafted 
pass catching running backs, but still two running backs in the top twenty of the NFL draft this year. Yeah, before any receiver or tight end. Yeah, well, the Lions have a actually pretty decent patch catching crew, but when they're not gambling, <laughs> well, or trading their best pass catcher to a division rival. Well, you know, there's also that portion of it. Not that I'm not grateful, but it doesn't make any sense either. Well, this totally random start to the show is a good clue of things to come because I just kind of have a smorgasbord of topics here to get through. I like that word. Say that for me again. Smorgasbord. There we go. That's very Iowa of you. Thank you. You got to get your your Midwest on. Yeah. You're you're half Minnesotan. You should know all those words. I am step Minnesotan, (laughs) so I don't know that it's in the bloodlines. (laughs) Well, we're going to go all over the place on this week's show, this month's episode. Kind of tough to do some of this. We're going to have a lot of topics that maybe quickly aged. We still want to get our takes in here. I want to start with the NBA Finals. We're going to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. We've got big golf news. We've got gambling news. We've got UFC. We've got College Football Hall of Fame. We've got a lot of Major League Baseball to get to. And, boom, then, boom, boom. and then my fun trivia game that I came up with. We're going to give Austin his turn at it. Just so you know, I don't know who started Game 3 of the 1915 World Series. <laughs> If you're curious, if that's if that's a question, just just just, I, just say Walter Johnson, just, and we'll assume that is right. Yeah, man. Me, well, he didn't play, but Walter Johnson or Christy Matthews. Yeah, yeah. He was a twin. Well, not a twin, but a twin. It was a twin before they were twins. The, the pre-twins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my boy. So we're gonna splice all this together with a lot of different topics. The big news in the sports world that we have to start with. We've got mostly been uh, Andrew and I doing a lot of the baseball talk or basketball talk. Sorry. But we haven't had Austin on since we were pretty far back in the NBA Finals. But here we are. As we're recording, we're on the cusp of Game 3 with the Nuggets and Heat. Nuggets pretty well rolled over the Heat in Game 1, and then Heat did Heat things and came back to win a nail-biter in Game 2. So as we sit on the precipice of Game 3, what's been your take so far on just kind of wrapping up the NBA as we come up to the Finals and how you see the rest of the series playing out? You know, I <laughs> it's been crazy. I just, I mean, that's probably the best word to to put in there. You know, we have the Heat or the uh, the Nuggets who were rolling all season. I think they were the number one overall seed. They were the one in the West. I'd have to look up quick to see how and they and, stacked and they up and they the weren't Bucks. they weren't anything below three because the other teams would have been the Bucks and the Celtics. Um, so they weren't anywhere. I they might have had the best record. Ooh, you just. You were so close. They ended up fourth. I forget that the Sixers ended up with a better record than okay. that. Yeah. And uh, Bucks, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Nuggets, for what it's worth. I so they were, you know, it, the the Nuggets were so such an interesting team. Cause as a Suns fan, you know, we kind of we look at we look at the Nuggets as a team. It's like, yeah, they're good, but they're not there yet. Like that was always. We kind of looked at the Jazz that same way for a lot of years when they had Rudy Gobert and and all those players. But it just was there didn't seem to be a threat because we just didn't believe that they were built for the postseason. And so now Nikola Jokic and Jamal, uh, was it Jamal? Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Yep, there you go. And, and KCP, and they've just kind of been able. Their length has come together well, and um, they have a lot of explosiveness, and they have a really good coach. So um, it's kind of been fun, honestly, to watch. It's a little small of a market of a team, um, you know. But they were kind of the team that we all kind of, you know, they were the one seed. So you, we can't be surprised that they made it to the to the to the finals. But I was I was listening to a clip, and you know. Sometimes we forget to evaluate, like we evaluate talent and we evaluate who's good in the playoffs and we evaluate who's good in the regular season, MVP, all these things. Sometimes we forget to evaluate what works. 
Like sometimes you got to figure out what works and whatever the heat culture is and Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler and what they have going on down there in their heat culture. Pat Riley is a part of that, been a part of that for a long time. You know, they do what works. And so forget about, you know, talent or draft picks or whatever offense, defense, whatever we're doing. Like they just are, do a good job of winning games. And so they've been kind of a crazy story. I mean, obviously we know that the eight seed, but I've just been impressed by uh, just following them and what Jimmy Butler has been able to do. And he's been able to find a home and a place where, you know, the culture vibes well with who he is. Right. And we thought that they were kind of a fluke when they made it to the finals in the, in the bubble. Um, and they're just proven that that wasn't the case. And Eric Spolstra is potentially, I mean, at this point, like how close is he to being really like a hall of fame coach? You know, it's like, how many more years does he does he need to prove that he is on that level? He's already a championship coach. He's coached in a couple of finals, and he is, you know, is he the top, is he the best coach in the league right now? Top two or three? Like, I don't know that there's a lot of coaches that are better than him currently. Yeah, I think you have to put him in that conversation with Steve Kerr. It, Popovich is probably still going to be viewed as the greatest active but I think his best days are behind him. If you're going to talk active guys, I mean, look at the guys who we think are good. All just got fired. Monty Williams and Doc Rivers both just got canned. Um, Budenhoser got canned. I think you have to be looking at Spolstra as maybe the next best behind did, Steve Kerr. Did Nick Nurse get fired too? Nick Nurse got fired and rehired. So I think yeah. Frank Vogel, it was like every coach. Ime in Udoka. Ime Udoka. Which he had a short stint, but he yeah. went to the finals. It's just, it's yeah, it's weird. Like every coach who won a title in the last seven years, other than Steve Kerr, has been fired in this offseason. Of course, they all cycled back in with different jobs. Yeah, because they're all good. Frank Vogel, I, did you mention Frank Vogel? Like he just got rehired. Yeah. Uh, so Spolstra is currently 20th in career wins, which I know may not sound like much, but he's still relatively, he's only 14 years in. Uh, compare that to Nate McMillan, who's in and out of the league a whole bunch. Uh, Spolstra will probably pass him in a year or two, but. Nate McMillan's been coaching 22 years. He has an eight-year advantage on Spolstra, and Spolstra's right behind him. Um, so not everybody who's ahead of Spolstra is a Hall of Famer. The top 12 coaches all are, and I, I suspect Doc Rivers will make it there. Doc Rivers is ninth in wins. Um, I, I think Spolstra is, yeah, definitely coaching his way to a Hall of Fame career. I think two more solid years he's in there. Yeah, which, you know, is a long ways from someone that potentially was going to get fired because LeBron James didn't think he could coach him well enough. And so, but, you know, and you say when you have, it's the culture. And they talk about heat culture and said that's something that has come up of more of a conversation this year, I think, than in the years past because we just didn't really follow it or know much about it. But you, you have two key guys that run the show and glue and mesh and, you bring the right pieces in together. Like, who would have thought that Kevin Love would have been a crucial part of another championship team? Like, <laughs> we all about... thought that he was kind of just right. done and going to come to Portland and play off and come home and, and relax. And he ends up – he's not playing a ton, but he's a he's a factor. And he, he will be a factor if they end up winning this championship, which is just, you know, kind of mind-boggling. I brought that same thing up before. Kevin Love, yeah, who thought Kevin Love was going to be the secret sauce to this team? And I – Looking at this Heat team, I know they still have the young guys and they're getting it done with the no names like Gabe Vincent and uh, is it Caleb Martin. Mm -hmm. It's it's Jimmy Butler and Bam are the two stars, but they're finding these other guys. It also feels a little bit like that 2011 Mavericks team, if you remember that team that Dirk was the guy, but they had like Tyson Chandler and was maybe Jason Terry part of that team. Jason, Jason Kidd. Kidd. They just yeah. got every guy who was like over 33 and wanted to go get a ring all just collected in Dallas and 
crushed. I think they crushed LeBron. Was that LeBron's first year in Miami? It was Miami? LeBron's first year in Miami. The other team that this reminds me of is the 2004 Pistons. Yeah. A little bit, where it's kind of the dark horse, no name. You, you know, I think way Chauncey Billups and that's for some. I don't know if it was the right time in my sports watching, but that's one of the teams like you with like a 2001 Mariners team. That's the 2004 Pistons from here. I yeah. just rattle them all off. Yeah, that team with Rip Hamilton, Rip Hamilton, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace. Can you get right? the fifth guy? Fifth guy is always the hardest one. I got so I had four. So yep. who was number five? Yeah. Rip, Rip Chauncey and the Wallaces, and who's number five? Antonio <sighs> McDice coming off the bench. Larry Brown is the coach. Larry Brown is the coach. And they beat the Lakers, right, with Carl they, Malone and Gary Payton, oh, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. I'm pretty sure that's who they – the Spurs. Am I wrong? No, I'm pretty sure that they beat the Lakers because I remember watching a documentary on it. Where's Larry Brown at? Okay, so who would have been fifth? It, so I have Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton. I don't – if we're looking yeah, for – Yeah, they, the, they beat the Lakers 4-1. Yeah, they cooked him. I forget who the number five was. Who was the fifth player? Tayshawn Prince. Oh, he was, yeah. He was, he was the step-out sharpshooter, like, yes. like the 3 and D guy before that became the thing, like he, the, yeah. the Clay Thompson before Clay Thompson. Super long and lean Super guy. lanky, yeah. I remember watching him. He was fun to watch, too, yeah. Uh, that was Darko's rookie year as well. He had Darko Milchich on the bench. Oh, that is wild. Yeah, and <laughs> nobody expected that team to win, right? And that's just I, – I don't know what seed they were going into the playoffs. I don't remember. I think they were, might have been, you know, middle, three, four, five, something right in that range. But, again, like you go back to the Heat. Like they were in the play-in and Heat culture, whatever, and they we kind of knew that they were – they were kind of good and injured, didn't play well, whatever. But they also, in the regular season, had the lowest shoot three-point shooting percentage out of all the teams. 30 out of 30. And in a shooting league, especially what is going on in the now, in the future, like that doesn't bode well for a playoff run. And for whatever reason, they jumped up from like 27%, I think, that they were. And they're now shooting 37%, 36% in the playoffs. Like, that is a significant leap. And I don't know where it came from. And I don't know if even Tyler Hero's injury made them change how they had to play. So that's made them a better team. But whatever is going on has been just absolutely nuts. Uh, You know, Giannis getting injured in the first round maybe saved their bacon a little bit because he basically wasn't an option until until the, the, the last game, game five, when... I mean, he was still playing, but he probably was hurt. And they, I think that he came back from like a 10 or 15 point deficit. Uh, but outside of that, the Heat have dang near outplayed just about everybody that they've played, gone against. And it has been a crazy run to, to witness. I want to come back to another point there. I do want to, I, I think you're right on just talking about the Heat and that culture, and they're peaking at the right time. It's not who's winning halfway through the race, who's winning at the checkered flag. We don't really talk about this with basketball, it feels like, as much with football. It's who's peaking at the right time. Nobody cares if your football team is two and two or one and three after September. What do you look like after Thanksgiving and come Christmas? You can be ten and seven or eleven and six and still be the best team in the NFL because you got better as the season went along. Tom Brady and Belichick perfected this with the Patriots. The Heat are doing it, and we kind of don't give them credit. It's a thing that we don't talk about with basketball teams like we seem to with other sports, most notably football. Yeah, and truthfully, it's about who gets healthy. As well, although I don't know that the Nuggets are not healthy, but when again you say you don't have to play Giannis in the first round, which was a big, 
there's a big miss, but at the, you still got to win. You still got to no. beat them. Like they're still a good team. No, and I, I, this is not an issue with you. This is an issue with sports talk and fans in general. The whole, well, they're not that good because they didn't play anybody. You get to a finals and you're playing all seven game series. You give credit where credit is due. People always try to undercut a team that they don't think is as good. It typically always seems to be some rationale about, oh, this team would lose to Jordan's Bulls. I don't. There seems to be this whole subculture in sports where everything is about how Jordan and the Bulls were the greatest things ever. It's just like give give this Heat team credit, general royal you sports fans that oh well they didn't have to do this they didn't have to do that like yeah no matter who you are grinding out seven game series win time after time after time that's a quality team winning not just beating up the JV. And truth be told, you could probably poke holes in every championship there is. There's no perfect team. No, every no. My, Michael Jordan's teams were all perfect. Michael Jordan was the greatest thing to ever happen, and he he, he only beat five All Stars every single series. Did you ever hear? Haven't you heard people talk about Jordan? Every, every every team he played was the dream team. He just he beat Larry Bird, Magic on the same team. Carl Malone, John I didn't Stockton, realize that they Patrick. played together. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, I think that was the starting five. Was Bird was Magic. Kareem on that team too? Yeah, he was coming off the bench. Oh, jeez, that's Woo. how good Jordan and the Bulls were. Man, okay, no wonder they talk about him that way. Am I over exaggerating? I didn't. Realize, now this was this was early Shaquille O'Neal could run too, so he was like good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. This is yeah, before he got absurd. big. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. No one. No, no wonder they talk about Michael that way. Yeah, but every other team since then, if they made it, oh well, they beat nobody. It was an easy path. Yeah, no. LeBron James didn't beat anybody in no. his finals. No. no. You know, I mean, if a team wins seventy three wins, they just they barely escaped through. Le- LeBron never had to beat the Tim Duncan, Greg Popovich Spurs. Never happened. No, or or Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, and uh, and those Warriors ever, right. never, right? Nope. nope. Those teams were those teams were on the average, anyways. Right. Yeah. Sorry, a little fired up about this. No big deal. Anyways, what were we talking about? Basketball. So we're up to game three. What we're up to game three. What is your uh, what, I my thing is the Nuggets in the regular season were thirty four and seven at home, them dropping because neither one of these teams are all that great on the road. They're both sub five hundred teams on the road. The Nuggets a little better at home. Them dropping the first one gives me a glimmer of hope with the Heat. I love both these teams. I love the series. I want it to go seven. I think the Nuggets win because they do have that home court advantage. But I would not be shocked if the Heat take both of these at home and then we get the craziness of a three one Nuggets comeback. I think the Nuggets will steal one. We're going to go seven, and I think Denver wins it at home. Um, I'm just I'm surprised the Heat were able to steal one in Denver. Yeah, you know, and I don't. I think that's a good pick, and I, I just it's it's it is hard for me at this point to pick against what has been such a magical team and what Jimmy Butler has been doing. Uh, you know, Nikola Jokic is who he is. He's I, like he's been playing out of his mind, but I, for whatever reason, I I want to pick against, I want to pick for the magical team. Ooh, go for it, and so I think that the I think that he now that they stole the game, you see they play really well at home. You know, role players typically do better at home already, and that's really what their team is built anyways. Both of anyways, um. So I think that the Heat are going to win in six. You know, I wish that we would go seven because game seven of a, of a championship series is always what we want to see. But um, I really do believe that the Heat are going to win, so I'm going to pick the Heat in six for this one. Nice. I like going out on the limb. Now, a quick minute here on the other postseason tournament that I'm guessing you've spent just as much time watching, the NHL Stanley Cup Final. I only know that Boston's not playing. And it's it's a similar path. The two Florida teams, the Heat and the Panthers, basically both being the eight seeds and just taking down the, the Goliaths all their way through. I picked Florida because I just don't care for the Golden Knights for really no solid reason. So I was trying to ride the Cinderella train, but my goodness, the Knights have 
taken the Panthers to the proverbial woodshed in this one, outscoring them 12-4 to in the first two games. That second game, the 7-2 thrashing in Vegas. Jack Eichel leading the way for them. Aiden Hill in the net has been fantastic, but it's just been an offensive onslaught from the Golden Knights. I never talk about this guy because I always hate mispronouncing his name, but Jonathan Marshaw, I, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Someone does. One, <laughs> one of the Knights scores. He's been right up there with Eichel leading the way, and I, I want to say there's a hope for the Panthers. I talked about how Matthew Kachuk is really having a breakout season for them and proving that he could be just as good as his father from 20 years ago. The Panthers, though, they're going to have to battle back from down 2-0. And I think I heard a stat that in the history of Stanley Cup playoffs since they went to seven-game finals, a team down 2-0 is 5-48. and 48. So the odds are not in their favor. Yeah. Uh, go go Panthers on that Cinderella run, though, if they if they can do it. Yeah, and so seconding off, like, I, I, I'm an advocate for chaos. And so, Let me get that. And so I'm not a hockey guy per se. It's not my thing. My stepdad grew up in Minnesota, so he can he chat to me about the wild and how <laughs> they. Uh, Everybody in Minnesota grows up on a pond. I don't know if the rest of the world knows this, but in Minnesota, they all just like find the closest body of water that's frozen over and just go run around on it. Okay, so <laughs> this is we're gonna go on a tangent here all for right, about works for me two minutes. So I didn't realize how crazy uh minnesota goes for high school state championship hockey did you not watch mighty ducks ever no it doesn't matter <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know they i think that they are probably more obsessed and they sell more tickets for the hockey like large school mm-hmm. high school state championship game than they sell in texas for the large school football game wow and i don't know the number on that it's probably not true, but it's probably freaking really close. Oh, gr- growing up in the Midwest and the border states, the Minnesota and Wisconsin like hockey finals were both broadcast, which it, is, again, crazy that there's not a pro team in Wisconsin. But, yeah, those two states, they just broadcast their high school hockey championships. Like I had – if you don't grow up in the Midwest, I guess you just don't understand – because, like, I'm from the Northwest, and we live in a pocket, and we just don't play hockey out here. I mean, it's it's like wrestling. Growing up in Iowa, the wrestling was just pervasive, and it was the and, sport. It's and like everybody, Indiana with basketball. Everybody does it. Texas, Alabama football. Right. But, yeah, Minnesota and Wisconsin are nuts about their hockey. They are nuts. And it's the high school hockey, too. It right. is. They get out. I mean, shoot. I watched a couple of videos of the of the highlights, and I think it was like a overtime game or something. I don't know. It was, whoo. Like they got student sections and cheerleaders, and like it, that place is good. I, I can't, I can't imagine playing in front of that that's, many people that's in why, high school. It would be so much fun. That's why the final or final, the Frozen Four is like random colleges you've never heard of because there's not that many that play hockey, and the ones it's like St. Cloud State or Bemidji State, or University Minnesota, of Boston. Mankato. Yeah, these like these schools yeah. that don't really do other stuff. There's not Alabama's and USC and LSU with hockey teams but i tell you what though i bet you that those teams and the real hockey community know exactly who who is playing and i do know this is i was it minnesota state it must have been minnesota state they lost in the in the final this year they gave up two goals in the last like two minutes i think or something to i'll believe you yeah it it was something like that and i just remember watching or i saw a tweet that said you know being a minnesota sports fan is probably the most torture you're ever going to put yourself through in your entire life after that game and they are right because the wild also struggled so tangent but now we're back what were we doing were we picking your stanley cup winner 
I just root for chaos. So I don't. Again, I'm not rooting for nobody in particular, but I want the game. I want to go to game seven. Like let's like let's watch a game seven because anything can anything can happen, and you better have the best player on the ice. The same thing. If, same thing in basketball. You better have the best player on the court. So because the, the, typically the best player or the player that plays the best, who is the best has the most ability, will win the game. So you go Jimmy Butler and Nicole Jokic. I mean that's foot basketball, but it's like out of those two, who plays the best in Game Seven? Like that's who's going to win the game. And it's the same thing in hockey. And just, I can't name off the players, but I tell you what, it's say like you better have the best player on the ice, otherwise you will not win that game. So that's the stuff that I look for, and that's what I'm looking forward to in in hockey as well. Well, in that case, go Matthew Kachuk and the Panthers. That's right, baby. Let's go. So many things to get to. What do I want to get to? College football Hall of Fame ballot came out. So the college football ballot came out. Okay. And these are the first timers. Some I think you're going to know. Some you may not. I'm just going to do a very quick knee-jerk reaction, yes or no, based solely on their college careers. Are they college football Hall of Famers? Well, okay. First of all, I, let me. I don't know what the. Can you? Can you do me a favor? Yes. Can you name off the last class that got inducted so I can kind of have a barometer? <laughs> can you vamp while I research this? I just – so looking at the College Football Hall of Fame is – I just – it's good to know what the uh, what the parameters are. Just like every other Hall of Fame. It's like, is, are we in the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Very Good? Um, and I want to make sure that, you know, that the criteria um, holds steady, especially when we talk about what is uh, – you know, the differences in eras and everything else. So um, I just, you know, we're trying to figure out, uh, by the way, I was supposed to go to the College Hall of Football Hall of Fame, and I've heard that it is one of the lesser of the of the mini. Oh, that's not very nice. I just, that's what I've heard. It's at Notre Dame. What? Isn't that at Notre Dame? No, Atlanta. Oh. Uh, here's last year's class. So the classes are very, very big. Um, I'll give you some of the top names. Yeah, give me some of the notable ones. LeVar Arrington, Champ Bailey, Michael Crabtree, Kevin Falk. Okay. Mike Mike Haas. Mike oh, yeah. Haas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oregon State. Andrew Luck, Rashawn Salam. Oregon, Rashawn Salam. Oh, Colorado, Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Yeah. And then Roy Williams, the defensive back version. Uh, Gary Pinkle as a coach made it in. Okay. So those are probably the biggest names I would say is on there. Sweet. One Heisman Trophy winner, 10 first-team All-Americans, three for da 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 So, yeah, you basically have to be a major college award winner. Gotcha. All right. Hit me. Okay. Rapid fire this. These are in alphabetical order, according to Fox Sports. Gotcha. Hit me. Monte Ball, Wisconsin running back. Mm, yes. Greg Esslinger, offensive lineman, Minnesota. I would not be shocked if you don't know who that is because he's a lineman. Uh, yeah, man. You know I'm an offensive guy. <laughs> I, we score touchdowns. We don't block people. Dion Fi- uh, Figures, cornerback from Colorado. Never heard of him. Larry Fitzgerald, heard of him? I heard that he was okay. So you're, is, he the, is he the first one you're putting in as Fitz? Yeah, and you know, funny story. He took – he's from Minnesota. Yeah. He took – Randy Moss's Corvette to his high school prom when he was wasn't 16. He the, wasn't he the ball boy for that, like, Carter mm-hmm. Moss era yeah, of the Vikings? A hundred percent he was, yeah. There you go. Michael Huff, Texas defensive back? Uh, He was he won the uh, Thorpe, I think, right? Yeah, he was a beast in that Vince Young era. Yeah. Uh, Damian Hughes, cornerback from Cal? Probably not. Ed King, O-line for Auburn? Don't know him. 
Olin Krutz, center for Washington. <laughs> Put him in there, baby. That's I do know that name. So, Andy, <laughs> he's Lee. older, isn't he? That's my thing. Some of these cover like last year's class had Andrew Luck and Rashawn Salam in it, so it's a very yeah, Olin Krutz. Was he a, was he a Charger? Was it, what team did he play for? Why do I want to say the Jets? I could be very wrong. Oh no, that actually sounds Look right. Olin Krutz. Okay, keep going. Uh, Andy Lavitri, offensive lineman from never heard of Oregon him. State. Is a Beaver. Terrence Newman, defensive back for K State. Who? Terrence Newman played for Dallas for a long time. Oh, yeah. I would put him in there, yeah. Michael Orr, offensive lineman, Ole Miss. He'll get in there on name recognition, stupid. Richard Seymour, defensive tackle from Georgia. I don't. I do nothing about him in college. But what was his name? Richard Seymour from the Patriots. Just got into the NFL oh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, he, yeah, for sure. He'll get in. Darren Smith, linebacker from Miami. Don't really know anything about him. One of the best names ever in sports, Takeo Spikes, linebacker for Auburn. Pay for the bills. And Bengals. Let's go. Terrell Suggs, T-Sizzle, defensive end from Arizona State. <laughs> no, he's from Balso Hard University. <laughs> yeah, he'll get in. <laughs> and quarterback, Virginia Tech, Michael Vick. Well, as long as they don't, as long as they can get over the allegations, he college, was. College career only. He was a, yeah, he carried that team to the national championship <laughs> and almost freaking won. Right. So, of course he's going to get in. That dude was ridiculous. So, of all the guys I mentioned who had the best college career, I feel like the ones that stand out are Vic, Terrell Suggs, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Probably be my top three since you don't like Monte Ball. I love Monte Ball. What are you talking about? I saw him play live, dude. He was so good. And he was what one touchdown away from breaking the alt from the uh, alt was the all time record or single season record. Wisconsin running backs are kind of interchangeable. They're all just monsters. Yeah. They run for two thousand yards. Yeah, you know what? But hey, it doesn't. You, you still got to do it. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, Olin Krutz, Chicago Bears. <sighs> Who's the guy I'm thinking of? Who's? I don't know. There was like a Jets offensive line. We were both team. wrong though. <laughs> Like we both, neither of us were. Clo- what, what team did I say? Did I say the Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers like, no, that's definitely not the Chargers. But I had <laughs> the Bears and Saints. He was a longtime Bear. Yeah. So yeah, he went to the University of Washington. So who's your best of that crap? The best college player, best just college. Well, you know, I'm a quarterback guy, so yeah. I got to go Vic, but. And truthfully, I because well, you know what though, like I go Vic only because like it's probably fits numerically, truthfully, but wide receivers don't have as heavy of an impact on the game as quarterbacks do. Right. And Vic literally was like, I say he was scrambling for a hundred plus yards a game out of the I formation. Did, so, <laughs> do, do the youths today know who, about Michael Vick? Do like do they know about him more than just the allegations and the analysts? Like I you, hope you, so. You have you have youths as brothers do they know who he is just because you told them about him or like do kids understand what michael vick like they see quarterbacks running around and take it for granted that everybody looks like kyler murley or lamar no like, they michael know the, was, they, they don't know they the, michael vick was doing that before it was a thing my 18 year old brother knows who michael vick is okay my 10 and 12 year old brothers do not okay they just think of lamar jackson yeah and yeah i mean kyler murray a little bit but to them it's lamar jackson is like the gold standard this year or like in this day and age right so, yes, but no, but Madden 2004, Michael Vick, cheat code. <laughs> Bo Jackson and then him. Tech Mobile, Bo, Jack- Bo Jackson and then that. Cheat code. You had, to, you had to make sure that you were not playing the Falcons. All right, what else do I want to get to? So many quick topics I'm trying to move through. Uh, do you want to make some, want to win some money on the Belmont Stakes here quick? Oh, man, I don't follow horse racing at all. 
What oh. are you talking about? I didn't the uh what was the one that just happened? Uh it well happened like two weeks ago. So we had the Preakness. Which was my birthday weekend. The winner was National Treasure, who I picked. You're welcome. Let's go. Didn't put any Do money down. Do we make down. any money down? No money. <laughs> uh so there's nine horses. Okay. You, you gotta you gotta give us a money pick here. Uh Tap it shoes and tap it trice are both racing. I really let's just that's hold on for a second. <laughs> Can we try to name a horse next year? Because I love these names. <laughs> Do you have $20 million to buy a horse? No, but I can find it. <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, like I really am curious as to where these names come from. Um, millionaires buying horses from other millionaires. Okay, but Tappet Shoes? Tappet Shoes and Tappet Trice. I assume there's like a father horse from back in the day named Tappet. National Treasure, great name. National Treasure, great name. Great Winner of the last race. Arc, Archangelo. Arc, it's it's not, I don't know. It's not Archangel. It looks like Archangelo. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Il Miraculo, Forte, Hit Show, Angel of Empire, and Red Route 1. These are some this solid list of names. That's what I'm saying. Like in this race, just, I, I think Forte was the favorite in the Kentucky Derby and pulled out and is back in here. National Treasure had the win. You know, I I like National Treasure, but I'm going to change it up. Go hit show. You're going to go hit show, man. I'm going. For, I'm. I, you know, I want to see a triple crown. I'm going National Treasure. We ain't seen one in a while. We uh, we he can't. He didn't win the Derby. He can win a two thirds of a crown. Oh shoot. He can win the sixty six percent crown. Nah, it doesn't count. I want a national. I want to. I want to. Whatever I just said. Triple, Triple crown. crown. Did we have it 2014? Was that when? I don't remember. Look up American. No, because um, Amer- um, American Pharaoh won it, and I want to say like 15 or 16. And then there was like a horse after that that was just like a one name, one word name. So look at like Triple Crown winners. Let's look. What's it, do you know the year it was that happened? 2016, 17, somewhere in there. Because we didn't have one for like 40 years, and then we had two back-to-back. 2018. 18. Was it, what was that horse? Justify. Justify. And then American Pharaoh. American Pharaoh the year before? 15. 15. Okay, so it was a couple of years in between. And then, but the, the key to your point is 15 and 18. And then before American Pharaoh, it was 19, 1978. Was it Seattle Slough? No. Secretariat. That was 1973. Citation. Seattle Slough was 1977. Damn. Secretary is 73. Affirmed was 78. Affirmed. And the first one ever was Sir Barton. Yes. What year? 1888. Close. Damn. 1919. Ah. <laughs> sure. Gallant, Gallant Fox. Man, Sir Man Barton. Seattle Slough was... Uh, yeah, that was a, Seattle Slough is an awesome name. I don't know what it great means, name. but that is Gallant amazing. Gallant Fox, Omaha, War Admiral, Whirl Away. These names are uh, unreal. I just want to <laughs> name... I just like... Let's go. I'm here for it. Citation. Right. That, I mean, that's not great in my community, but we'll take it. <laughs> Even, even American Pharaoh is an awesome name. Yes. I, t- I tell you, National Treasure, now we're just going to go off of movies. Speed, I'm going to name my Speed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Nicolas Cage movies. Let's go. I face, I face, no, I don't. Suddenly I don't have a good Nicolas Cage movie. Speed. Con Air. He was not it. Was he in Speed? I'm pretty sure. Leaving Las Vegas. The Family Man? Yeah, these are not working for me. The Family Man. Pig? He just did one called Pig. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. A horse named Pig? Maybe. Uh, while we're winning money, do you want to place bets on UFC 289? You know how much of a UFC fan you are? Yeah. 
Amanda Nunez. Of course I do. Amanda Nunez. I thought you would never ask. Women's bantamweight title, Amanda Nunez, minus 330 versus Irene Aldana, plus 260. Yeah, she's going to win. She's a beast. She is ridiculous. Uh, I don't really know much about her, but I know that she's really good. Uh, This one, so this is really only a two-fight card for me. This next one is a little interesting lightweight fight. Benil Daryush is kind of the hot up-and-comer versus Charles Oliveira, Charlie Olives. He's had the wonderful run to the championship since was stripped of missing weight. Lightweight is loaded right now, but Daryush, a very Running slight... with the devil, by the way. That's my na- horse's name. That's a AC. That's Rolling Stones. Running with the devil? It's a Nicolas Cage movie. Oh. Well, <laughs> also a Rolling Stones song. No, that's Sympathy for the Devil. Sorry. Running with the Devil is... Van Halen? Van Halen. I was the same Motley Crue, but Motley Crue is Shout at the Devil. There's too, yeah. there's too much devil in music. Uh, Anyways. So, so Charles Oliveira, plus 126. I like those odds. Daryush is kind of the hot hand. It's probably the smart pick, but if I can get Oliveira as an underdog, it's, it seems like a good way to maybe get some easy money. We're here to make money, baby. we got to bet on the underdog at all times. So oh. but, but on the plus line, let's go. Also, we're not cheering for chaos in this one, but if we're cheering awesome names, it feels like she's fighting every other month now, and we talk about her a lot. But Miranda Maverick might be my favorite UFC fighter name right now. She's a minus 300, so you're not going to win a whole lot of money back. But if you just want to pick a great name, Miranda Maverick. The Frozen Ground. That's my horse name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the nice thing about Nicolas Cage is he's done so many movies. Yes. You you have a wide. Oh, some of these names are great. All those direct-to-DVD discount bin. Army of One. Are you telling me that you're not going to bet on that horse? That's a horse name. Yes, I'm aware. That's a great name. What's that? Is it Fire Skull? Is that what that one's called where he rides the motorcycle? and is Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider. Mm, that's a good one, too. Ah, man, I'll tell you. Now, you just need to buy horses. <sighs> I'm working on it. <laughs> sell, sell more ranch water. One day at a time. Horses. One day at a time. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Okay, so we've bounced all over the place. We may save sports gambling for a later day. Do you want to talk about the golf news at all? Do you care about Liv and PGA merging? And well, I think that's some crazy news, isn't it? I and the PGA board of directors or this Jay Monahan guy who's the chair is getting raked over the coals. The stuff that I've read about this, the players are not happy. He is getting a lot, a lot of flack. Apparently went on record with all of them and saying anybody who joins the Live Tour will not be able to play on the PGA tour as long as I'm in charge. And now all the players who stuck with them and were loyal, it's a, it's a debacle. And well, it seems like we're really too far, too early into it till we find out all the deals. It's just very suspicious how quickly this, they were all at each other's throats and now they're friends. It's yeah, money talks. Will, will it be like the NFL, AFL? Will it be like NBA and ABA? They've we've had this happen in other sports where they merge kind of peacefully. Baseball, 150 years ago, had some some attrition. Some leagues came and went and got along. I get it because money talks, but you, so they're typically at your point. Like when a great example is the NBA and the ABA. The NBA, the ABA. There was a lot of things. I was, I was listening to something about this today where, so the ABA had to do a good job of marketing themselves with the with the with the ball and the three point line and the cheerleaders. They had to they had to get they had to do things to put people in the stands when the NBA didn't have that didn't need that didn't have that problem, and so. You know, this could kind of be the same deal where if it's a if it's a peaceful partnership, which I don't know if that will happen, then you know there could be some benefits from both sides. Uh, and I don't, and I don't, I you know who knows because there's as it stands right now, there aren't a lot of golfers that are like marketed golfers. You know, like Jordan Spieth is is awesome. He's really really good. We don't really hear about him outside of the golf course, right? You know, there's not like Tiger Woods was great, and but Tiger Woods was also marketed and Gatorade and Nike and 
everything else and there isn't hasn't been that so maybe with the money and everything flowing there could be another guy that comes up and helps the golf game grow and turn into something that you know is say we don't sometimes you turn we turned on sunday pga to watch tiger woods red and then all of a sudden we hear about all these other names like john daly who's random right or vj Singh, or phil mickelson or all those other guys that were playing alongside of them and now all their names grow as well because everybody's watching Tiger Woods. So nice. that is kind of, you know, the direction I think that it will probably go. Um, as long as we find that golfer who is able to find that kind of that it and, and market themselves for what that needs to be marketed as. And we we always think we have it. Is it going to be Spieth? Is it going to be Rory? Is it going to be Brooks Kepka? Is it going to be somebody? Still working to find that next big star. And it, it does feel a little bit early. At least wanted to touch on it because it happened this week. But still, I still think we're still very early to find out these details and how it's going to shake out. I feel like I speak for a lot of Americans when I say I care about the big four tournaments. As long as those big four are fun and we get the best players in the world competing at the four majors, I'm all I'm I'm all ears and eyeballs. Sorry, little league stuff. Um, yeah, and, and you know the goofy part about it was like you look at the tournaments like the Masters and like the British Open, whatever. Who are they're tech, they're all part of the PGA Tour, but they're grandfathered in. So there was golfers that were a part of a live tour that were still golfing in those tournaments right. because they had qualified previously for golfing in those. And it's technically a separate entity based off of, you know, the golf club, not based off of PGA. So I'm looking forward to what's going to happen again. Money talks. And at the end of the day, like, I think it's going to be fun. You know, I don't, I don't have a dog in the fight. So I just, I'm here for chaos. I'm here for entertainment. Show me some juicy, show me something good. Like that's what we're here for. So that's what we want. Name your horse money talks. Oh, that would be a good name too. Can you can you repeat a horse name or like once a horse name's been used, is it just used forever? I don't know. Another another horse name left behind. <laughs> not the horse you want. <laughs> Saved it till the end here. Wanted to get Austin all fueled up and fired up. We got baseball to talk about. We've I've been fired up this entire time. Chaos. I love chaos. And the twins suck. And they're still in first place. Let's go. Well, let's let's start there in the American League, and since you brought them up, let's talk about the. We'll go central, and then we'll talk about yeah, the suck. East, and then end in the West. Uh, the central, as you mentioned, nobody really wants to win, and I'm relying on a lot of your expertise here. Um, but the central, I, I think I saw somebody else ask this question on the show: Is will anybody in this division end over 500, or will 80 games win you the AL Central this year? Yeah, the Twins will end up over 500, but it's not because they're good. <laughs> You get to feast on the Tigers and the Royals. Well, not even that. This is the thing. Like with it, I, we talked about this. The new scheduling system has it set up so you only play your. So before, and I don't know how in depth you know about this. So nope. before, you used to play each division rival nineteen times. That was the, that was the number. So they said they, but when they leveled out the division, so five teams in each division, they moved the Astros over to the American League, and you play. There's so you play four teams nineteen times, which is a ton of games. And now, this year, being the first year of the scheduling change, you only play each team in your division 11 times. So it allows you to play more teams cross interleague games, essentially, and you play a more balanced schedule. So that is why, if you look at the, like, the American League East, is why I think that the last place team is the Red Sox, maybe, or the Yankees. Red Sox are currently in last. And they are a game ahead or a game behind the, the Twins? Like. It, yeah, this could change very quickly, but as we're sitting here recording, the fifth place Red Sox and first place Twins have the exact same record. Exactly my point, and so, <laughs> but it so it it will be harder for a team to to win 
like said, yes, there is a chance that the Twins may not go over 500 and still win the division. Like basically, that it's the Twins are going to win the division not because they want it, but because nobody else wants it. And the Twins, even I mean, they're shoot. They have they actually have the best pitching staff in the league if you look at numbers, but they have the lowest batting average also in the league. So it doesn't matter how many runs you can't score right. if you can't. You know, it just is a it's it's, it's a bad news. So, but like none of the teams can stay healthy. The Guardians don't know what to do with their offense. Um, and so, I mean, the Royals are taking just like the athletics are. Uh, and so really, like I said, I said, the twins are going to win, not because they deserve it, but, and they're probably going to get smoked out of the playoffs. It really is what's going to happen. I, what do we lost six teams in the playoffs now? Is that what we're doing? Three division winners and three wild cards. Or are we still at two wild? Cards? No, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we, I, Got that the Tigers and Royals were tanking. That's not shocking. The Guardians, some people were high on. I was on the White Sox. I've been riding this White Sox bandwagon far longer than I should be. They uh, are bad. They score a lot of runs, but my goodness, do they not play defense? Nope. <laughs> or they or the pitch, frankly. But well, yeah, it's... it all comes together the same. So you know, at... it's been it's been it's been an interesting year. You know, and I. I... <laughs> It's been one of those years where, like the the race, for example, we we want to talk about them briefly. Like they have, they've been building, building, building. They played for the they played in the World Series in the COVID year, and you know whether it was a fluke or not, you know I don't know, but they have a relatively low payroll, one of the lowest in the league, I think. And same thing with the Orioles, which, but it's just becoming culture and fun and having a good time. And the Orioles do their little sprinkler thing every time they get a hit, and they just like that's the culture that they've built. And the Rays is kind of the same thing. If only they could get their fan base on board to get another stadium. But that's they've been able to stay healthy to win. And I said the formula in baseball is not hard, right? You say you you locate your pitches, you play good defense, and you score four to five runs a game. You're going to win a lot of baseball games. And that's kind of what their formula has been. It's like, can we? Can we find a way? Let's get away from you know the the launch angle stuff. Even though I think that they, I think they lead the league in home runs or close to it. Um, they swing the bat really well, and they but they just have they find ways to win ball games. And at the end of the day, that's a formula for success in the regular season. And they'll probably end up with the best regular season record. And then we'll find out what happens when they get to the playoffs. But they do have experience playing in the. Uh, in the World Series, even though they lost their best pitcher from that year. So we'll see what happens. As of this recording, there are two teams with 40 wins. We'll get to the other one here in a minute, but the Rays are the league best with 44 wins. It's just absurd. We all saw them. What did they win, like 18 straight to start the year, and everybody was just waiting for them mm-hmm. to fall off, and they're just hanging in there. I'm happy to see it. I have no problem with the Rays. I just would like my Blue Jays to be doing better. That's That's the thing. I would say... Maybe you could argue the Red Sox are in the top five, but at least four of the five best teams in the AL are all in the East, and somebody's going to be left out in the cold. So you've got the Rays leading the way, the stunning Orioles here in second, the Yankees and Blue Jays, kind of the two we expected, and then everybody figured the Red Sox would be at the bottom, but they're hanging in there competing. So that's been the story of the Major League season thus far, is the AL East, how it's just loaded from top to bottom, and yet two of these teams are going to be left out. Yeah, and that's the power of the new scheduling system. And it's the same thing that happens in all other sports. But I do believe, and this is a thing that you know maybe we should come to, and that maybe Major League Baseball should think about is instead of doing it by division, just like the NBA does, or I guess, by like how football does, they should split yeah. it, and especially with with the new scheduling system, and just have the divisions be arbitrary for scheduling, 
And then when it comes to the playoffs, you choose the top eight teams from each league or top six or whatever yeah. you want to do. Um, so that way it just is more equitable. Um, and you can actually see which team is going to be yeah. playing for the World Series versus like the Twins are good, but they suck. So Because if, if we did that, so you'd have the Rays and Rangers get first round buys. You'd have the Orioles play the Jays and the Astros play the Yankees would be your. So it'd be one, two, three. That'd be four teams from the AL East in the postseason, which is a lot. But when you have, and and there will be fans that would complain about that. But I tell you, like, do you want good baseball in October, or like, do you want the best team to win, or do you just want it to be fair because the Twins play in a crappy division? Like, what do you want? And so every fan kind of got to ask themselves the same, you know, the same that kind of question. Well, let's jump over here to the AL West. I mentioned two teams with 40 wins. The Texas Rangers have 40 wins. Who saw that coming? I think that's a conversation you could ask the most surprising team in the AL. Is it the Astros or is it, or sorry, is it the Rangers or is it the Orioles is a, one of the questions to break into. But we look at the West. The Astros have got right. They were kind of sluggish to start it out, but they're right in there in the thick of it. The Angels are about 500, which as much as we can talk about how they should be better with Trout and Otani, that's just his classic Angels being right <laughs> about 500. The A's are uh, doing their best to be the worst team that's ever played Major League Baseball. And then the Mariners. I know we're right here in Mariner country, and I, I feel bad about this, but I just kind of want to start here. Are the Mariners a disappointment right now at 29 and 30, or did we all get a little bit too excited based on last year's results? Yeah, you know what? The Rangers are actually – this news came out today, um, and it's unfortunate, but Jacob deGrom is going to – he's done. He's out. He's Rangers John. pitcher? Mm-hmm. He's a, the ace, really. I mean, he's been a good pitcher for the Mets for a long time. You know, he's a, he's a really good pitcher, and he's uh, – they just told him that he's going to have Tommy John surgery. So that changes the dynamic of, of Bryce, what the Rangers are going to be. Didn't Bryce Harper come back in like six weeks or something crazy from he's Tommy John? He's not a pitcher. <laughs> And he has been DHing, so yeah. it's it's very different. Um, even though he is could probably also throw the ball ninety five miles an hour, but um, so the Rangers have been very surprising. Again, they have a really low uh, payroll as well. Um, I don't know exactly where they lay in the threshold of all the teams, but you know that's kind of what the it's been just in a goofy year in that regard as well because the O's are also in kind of in that. Um, in that range, and the for sure in the lower half of the league, and uh, but now with Jacob Degrom having a surgery, it's, it's, we're going to really figure out if they are deep and good, or if they were because um, he's for sure would equate for ten to fifteen more wins um, just based off of his talent alone. So, so just for reference, according to Spot Track, Spot Track, whatever you would like to call it, Spot Track. So the Mets have the highest payroll at three hundred forty-five million for this mm-hmm. year. The Yankees right there at two seventy-eight. Padres two forty-seven. The Oakland A's, 59.6. Yeah, they also have, what, 12 wins? <laughs> but then look at the other teams. So your bottom four payrolls are the Rays at 76.9, Pirates at 76.3, and the Orioles at 66.8. And three of those teams are division leaders right now or in the postseason. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess the Pirates yep. aren't technically leading. But how crazy? Yeah, you're talking about the payrolls. How crazy is that? Um, and the Mariners are down here at 18. Where are the Rangers at? Oh, Rangers are up to nine. They must have spent some money, but they're they're Jake all DeGrom. <laughs> they're they're all very tightly to, tightly together. A lot of them there in that one fifty to two hundred range, and then the the Mets and Yankees kind of reset the market at an absurd level that most people are not getting to. 
Right, and also you look at like the the angels have a oddly high payroll too, but <laughs> distorted by two people, <sighs> three people. Anthony Rendon's on that uh, team right. too. Is he still? Is he even playing? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, when's the last time I heard somebody talk about Anthony Rendon? When he punched someone in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> so as as we look here, which we know the A's are going to be bad. We know the Astros are going to be good. Are we buying into the Rangers? Are we concerned without Degrom? Are there, I'm are, not what, buying them anymore. I was, I, so I totally was, but can, now no. What what about the Mariners? What let's give our Mariner fans some hope. There is no hope. <laughs> There's that downtrodden Mariner fan coming back. There is no hope. I tell you, it's. I mean, it, true. I got. I love watching the Mariners, and they're fun. But the injuries bug has killed them, and they need a, another starting pitcher. And what the what was what did I tell you at the beginning of the year? Like their bullpen had to be lights out. Have they been lights out? I know. Oh, so uh, they just are. They're struggling, and you know, again, there's a young team. They're fun to watch, um, and I I love going to Mariners games, and it's a good time. But you got to have, you got to have some depth, and you got to have. You just got to. The bullpen just hasn't done them any favors, right? Their pitching staff really hasn't done them a ton of favors, um, as a whole, and they aren't playing very good baseball right now. So, I mean, it's hard to say that they're going to make it to the playoffs. And so they totally could. Nobody says that they can't. And said because they made it. They were on a – I mean, I think they won it on the last day of the season last year too. So it could happen. But as they're playing right now, I just don't foresee it. And they play in a division with the Houston Astros. And say what you want, say what you will. But the Houston Astros have played in the American League Championship Series six years in a row, five years in a row. And so I, you just – that's a – I mean, <laughs> they're rolling. And so it's not. It's been different players and a different coach, and it doesn't matter. The franchise just figures out a way to get there. And I was trying to pull up some of the what you're talking about with the injuries. You know, Marco Gonzalez, the latest one, going on the 15 day injured list. Um, Robbie Ray was out for a while. Still feel like he has not been quite the pitcher he was with the Rays. That's it. Ties back to the AL East. We know the Central is going to be bad, but Seattle, you have to deal with the Astros. And if the East is going to gobble up all the wild card spots, it makes it really tough to get in when you're you see the way the Blue Jays and Yankees are playing, and they're can't even crack the top of their own division. Those guys are going to eat up your wild card spots. So unless you can find a way to get past the Astros, if you're and the now Mariners, the Rangers, and the Rangers, they're, they're there too, right? So I mean, you're ten games back of a team that is, I mean, you know who's what the, who knows what they're going to be, but. Like that's a tough that's a t- uh, that's a tough cookie to crack, man. I tell you. I was gonna ask how the Astros keep doing this, even though they lose George Springer, or Carlos Correa, uh, some of the other guys. Those are the two big names. Astros culture. But you still you still have Bregman and Altuve, and then I forgot they signed Jose Abreu. Yes, he's older, but he's he's a big bat. Jordan Alvarez. Jordan right? Alvarez still there. Framber Valdez there. Like yeah, you're, they do find a way to. Keep- they just kind of find a way to win. Keep adding guys, and if you can go get a big bat like Jose Abreu, get some veterans in there like they did with Verlander. Go Mariners just for the sake of somebody else. Random random pie-in-the-sky question. Do the Mariners have a shot at getting Shohei Otani? Would he stay in the division? Seems to like West Coast. We've heard that he wants to stay on the yeah, West Coast. Yeah, maybe like 5%. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it Angels and Dodgers? Do like the Giants have a shot? What about Would the Yankees no. come calling just to – or is, yeah. is, he, is he not an East Coast? Well, he's just not – I mean, I don't – I mean, his agent might think differently than Shohei does, truthfully. But I don't know that it's – I don't know that money is going to be the end-all, be-all. 
So yeah. the Yankees probably would pay him the most. I would, I would be willing to yeah. bet on that. Um, but I don't think <laughs> – the reason why the Mariners won't get him is because they won't pay him. Ah. And I say not that money matters, but money matters, right? right. And the, the Mariners would lose that bid because the Mariners' ownership just is not willing to go out and go after that kind of guy. Like they just have – over the years have kind of shown that. That's what I was wondering. You think the culture, the fit, the comfort seems to be there in Seattle? A hundred percent. Just when, so, when, if they were smart, they would. But when the Do- when the Dodgers walk up with six hundred million dollars, right? Or the Padres. The Padres love spending money, but he's not a shortstop. The Padres only get shortstops. Uh, yeah, they turn into right fielders. Well, let's let's talk about the NL West here and focus uh, the Diamondbacks. Let's are go. the top team? I I'm here for it. I said they were going to be like bad, but not the bottom of the barrel. What? I think you did say that. I said they were going to be like yeah. The, the, watch out for them to sneak up to like the top twenty. But I did not think they were going to be hanging in there. The the Dodgers and the Padres have the payroll. I had a fun weekend watching a couple of Dodgers Yankees games that were wonderful. Chavez Ravine looks like a wonderful place to watch a game. I've heard that it's horrible. Really? Yeah. It's, it looks cool on TV. It just looks like it's, it's a just fun, so. Relaxing. It's well. It's so old. Uh, I, I like that, though. Stop giving me these new baseball stadiums. Give me Wrigley. Give me... Wrigley is cool. Give me Fenway. I don't know. But I don't like bleachers that only go up like half up my butt. <laughs> they got to cover at least mid-thigh. People were smaller in 1913. Yeah, I believe that. Um, but the Rockies being bad, not all that surprising there. The Dodgers, they're fine. They're going to get it right. I'm not too worried. They're in a wild card spot right now. It's it's the Giants and Padres. Maybe you could say the Giants are overachieving at 500, but if you're the Padres, are you saying, is this another year we get excited, we spend all this money, and here we are, five games below 500? Yes. <laughs> I just, I can't believe, I, I never will believe in the Padres. I just can't do it. And, you know, they've spent money the, on Juan Soto and Manny Machado. and the billion-dollar roster. God, they brought in a couple of pitchers that have been, so we're supposed to be really Josh good. Josh Yeah, Josh Hader, who got hurt. And then... Um, is Darvish still there? Darvish is, Hugh Darvish is still there. And then they brought in that dude from the Rays. That was really good. Mariners did that, too. Oh, uh, Blake Snell. There we go. Um, yeah, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Michael Waka is their current rotation. Yeah, and I just, you know, I just, I was it Bob Melvin? Is Bob Melvin the manager still there? Uh, who's a good manager, by the way? He just, I, I just, I don't know. It's one of those teams that it, it. I tell you, until until I see it, I won't believe it. Like they just can't, they just don't put it together for whatever reason. Tatis as just guys as good is crazy, but. So which do you think is more likely, the Diamondbacks hold on to win this division or the Padres end below 500? I'll just, I'll just say Diamondbacks playoff team just to get in because we got the Dodgers right there, so it's a little far-fetched, but just the Diamondbacks even making the postseason. Who, which one is more likely? More likely Diamondbacks in the postseason or Padres a sub-500 at the end of the year? Uh, Both. <laughs> Push. <laughs> Yeah, you okay if you're gonna if you're gonna force my hand, I would say Diamondbacks make it to the playoffs is more likely, more likely, because I think that the Padres will end up being a 500 team. I don't think that they're that bad, but I they play in a tough division, right? So 500 team doesn't really make the playoffs out of that division necessarily. Right. You know, you say you get to 81 wins, who knows? You beat the Twins though. Also, the Diamondbacks are scoring like crazy. You're not, never going to beat the Dodgers because the Dodgers always seem to win, run differential. But the second highest scoring offense in the National League is the Diamondbacks. 
Maybe that's a little bit concerning. The the defense and the pitching is letting them down when you get to the postseason, but they're going to score runs. By the way, you want to talk about the 2004 Pistons? (laughs) I'm bringing it back, I promise you. I was living in Arizona in 2001 when the Dimebacks won the World Series. Nice. And... You want to talk about being able to name all the players? Same deal. Didn't we do that once before, and you went bananas? And I was, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I could name that one Hernandez guy. Hernandez. Luis Gonzalez. Is that who I want? Yeah. I, the left fielder. They had, but they had Johnson and Schilling. Wasn't that the whole deal? Yep. That's what I remember is the two pitchers. Brian Anderson, Miguel Batista. You could say any names, and I would believe you right now. Juan Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, so anything else here on the West? We'll do a quick minute here on the East and the Central. Uh, I got no more, nothing on the West. The Central is <laughs> the the Central's in both. The at least the Central has the Brewers and the NL and the this fun upstart Pirates, but the, yeah, which is a bummer because they're because oh, O'Neill Cruz broke his ankle like the like second weekend right. of the season, and I was so excited to watch him play this year, and that was such a freaky stupid play, but you know. <laughs> I am excited. I don't know if he was going to – I don't know what his timeline is. I haven't really looked into that a whole lot. But I would imagine that he's got to be close maybe a month or two away. But even I hope so. But even still, um, <laughs> he is – he was the up-and-coming – he might have been close to winning Rookie of the Year, truthfully. Um, yeah, the Central's in, bo- in both sides. I mean, the Brewers are a little better, but the, for whatever it's worth, it's just that Midwestern conservatism a little bit. You know, they just like, yeah, we'll be just good enough to win. And that's kind of how they roll. And, you know, it, it, if it makes you to the playoffs and you can figure out a way to, you know, win a game or a series or two, then you're going to make it. But outside of that, you know, the Brewers are just kind of tucking along here and say, well, stay a game ahead and you know, find, find our way through. So, and that's kind of their formula. I mean, we've talked about a lot of teams who are kind of down on their luck from what we expected, including my Phillies, who I may or may not have picked to do quite well. But you got the Phillies. It's a the long season. Phillies, Padres, Guardians, White Sox. Is there a more disappointing team in baseball than the Cardinals? We expect the Nationals, Royals, and A's to be bad, but who saw the Cardinals being The Nationals the... won a World Series, dog. And then they tore it all down and have been building back up. Like, those three teams even being bad, nobody thought. But who saw the Cardinals here being the 28th best team right now? Not me. I don't know that anybody did. Yeah, so the the central wide open, and then out east, the east NL East is fun. I kind of thought that would be the t- toughest division, and not really surprising here. I know they don't have the most wins, but the Braves feel like the team that they are who we thought they were when we looked at the top. You know, the Rangers are fun and surprising, and the Rays and the Orioles and the Pirates. But the Braves, when we talk about the elite teams that we thought we'd be there, the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Braves are the ones who look like they are the real deal. And they are owning the East right now. Fun division. Miami's nipping at their heels. Another fun upstart team. Mets, Mets, Phillies hovering around 500. But if I'm the rest of the league, I'm getting a very scared of this Braves team. Yeah, you know, and I said they're returning a lot of players from last year's team too, and last year's team was really good. So are, are we can't be surprised at this time right. that they are doing kind of basically what they did last year um, <laughs> with the addition of uh, a new ACL. Which helps, right? Yeah, that'll do it. And I said that makes a big difference. <laughs> so, you know, and they're fun to watch, and they're and they're exciting, and they and they do exactly what teams do when they have more talent than the other teams. They just get after it, score runs, win games, score, and uh, you know, and I said I they're gonna be a team that is built. They are built for the playoffs, and they're gonna win, and they are gonna they're gonna be a little they're gonna be pretty treacherous when it comes to 
a playoff team because at this point there's no reason why they won't be in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do this year. Maybe could you argue Ronald Acuna is the MVP right now, NL MVP, or this uh. I always say his name wrong. You correct me on it. Your guy from the Marlins, who is the best average right now, batting over 400 as we're recording this. Luis Arise. Arise. Okay. Luis Arise, which was. <laughs> Going to be okay? No. All right. Next topic. <laughs> Ronald Acuna Jr., NL MVP. Uh, Bo Bichette, AL MVP. There we go. Or Freddie Freeman. I like Freddie Freeman. He's right in there as well for the conversation. Freddie Freeman? Mm-hmm. For MVP? Yeah. It's been a great year. What's he batting this year? Uh, he's bat- if, if a rise bats over four over four hundred, he should get the MVP. Well, yeah, but uh, uh, clicking between things. So Freddie Freeman's batting three twenty nine with fifty one runs. So he's third in runs right now. Is he leading in hits? Maybe who? Freddie Freeman. Is he- I don't know. Internet, tell me. Oh, Bo Bichette. Yeah, a, a raise, a rise. Yeah, he's second in hits. The crazy four hundred one average. Not really a home run hitter, though. Freddie Freeman's got the long ball advantage. Pete Alonso has 22 home runs. I feel like nobody's talking about Pete Alonso. Who's the home run leader right now? Pete Alonso. Who's next? Aaron Judge at 19, Max Muncy at 18, Jorge Soler, and Matt Olson tied at 17. There's your top five. All right. Nobody's going to hit 72. <laughs> All right. Anything else on the Major League Baseball front before we get to our little? I am game? so grateful that baseball is m- becoming more diverse, and it's we're having more fun. And payroll is changing, and like the Orioles are oddly good, and they're doing sprinklers and the Rays and all these things. I'm loving this baseball season. It's wacky and wild, and I love it. So chaos. Yeah. Well, yes, but. Outside of even the chaos, I just think it's been a great baseball season, and I am praying that it comes oh, yeah. and it turns into that. And also, if you have the money, go to the All Star Game in Seattle. It's lo- it's going to be a good time. That's what I wanted to ask you. What's your? Uh, uh, we can talk about this more in depth, but a quick one minute. How do you feel about the rules? Have they? What do we? Because we got the the raised bases. We've got no more shifts. We've got the pitch clock. What's how are we feeling about the rules of impact baseball? I think that the rules are have been uh, as uh, added benefit to the game and listen i'm a baseball traditionalist just like all the other people are but i also understand that when a pitcher's throwing the ball 99 miles an hour consistently it is not going to get hit so what do we need to do in order to to make sure that we have higher higher scoring outputs quicker games all those things i think they did a really good job with the stolen bases i think it's just i mean i went to a mariners game when they were playing the yankees on memorial day and there's a stolen base and and it's just stuff that you don't see, weren't you have we didn't see before, and the batting averages are higher, and it's just a more exciting product. And at the end of the day, like traditionalists, I don't give a, I don't care. Like we, you need to figure out a way to market this game into the younger generation, and I think they're doing a really good job doing that at this point for this year. I'm happy to hear it. I haven't watched enough games yet. Once we get done with the other sports, I'll probably give it a little bit more TV time. It just feels like there's good energy and buzz around it. Well, I'll tell you, the average game time went from like 257 to 237, which is – that's a significant difference. I think that's – I mean, that's faster than NFL games, which is good. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. We're going to end this episode on our new game. Started a couple weeks ago called Whose Career Is It? It's a baseball edition for Austin. <laughs> I'm going to lose, but okay, let's go. 
I picked five random players. Okay. Just scrolling through on Pro Baseball Reference. And these guys all have played in the last 20 years. But I'm going to name the year and the team. You tell me the player I'm talking about. I'm going to lose. But, yeah, that's you Use your encyclopedic knowledge of baseball. <laughs> okay. All right. Player number one. 2007 Reds, 2008 to 2012 Rangers, 2013-14 Angels, and back to the Rangers in 2015. And I did not pick anybody totally obscure. You have at least a passing knowledge of baseball. Any of these are players a person could name. 2007 Reds? Yes. Technically, that was part of his career, but nobody thinks about that. 2008 to 12 Rangers? That's the meat of it. So he was playing in a World Series. Two World Series, right? Did the Rangers make it back-to-back years and lose twice? Yeah, or every other, something like that. Ron Washington? Yeah, good guy. Oh, he's old. <laughs> um, Jeez. Um, One of the strangest baseball careers, the Rangers part is the big clue here. Okay. He may have been an MVP. I don't have it in front of me at the moment. Josh Hamilton? Josh Hamilton. There Let's we go. go few clues in give you half half point uh also he was mvp yes also this is not intentionally rangers heavy it's just how it worked out 2009 to 2020 rangers jeez 2021 to 22 a's and then 22 to 23 white Sox. so if you paid attention there was a trade in 2022 from the a's to the white Sox. he played for the rangers for that long 11 years with the rangers and then 21 to 22 with the a's 22 to 23 with the white Sox. Who played for the Rangers for that long? I would I would probably admit this is the toughest one. I don't know a lot of Rangers that were that tenured. Just no. Okay, let's think. I think Adrian Beltre started there in like 1993 and played until 2020. Yeah, but he wasn't like that because he went to the Mariners. No, he no Beltre started with the Dodgers, by the way, because um, he hit like 60 home runs, went to the Mariners, sucked, and then went to the Rangers. <laughs> it was awesome. So <laughs> if you're curious. Thank you. Um, I don't know that I know a lot of, is it, oh, you know, you know who I think it is? It's, um, I can't remember his name. Was it the second baseman? Is it the second baseman that was there for a long time? Probably. I think this guy was an infielder. Sounds like, sounds like an infielder. Okay. What is his name? I think, I think that's who it is. He was there for a long time. Well, as riveting as this radio is. Elvis, Elvis Andrews. Elvis yeah. Andrews. He was he was a third baseman. Oh, he's a shortstop. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was thinking of the other guy that played second base with him, but yeah, I was <laughs> the other guy. I don't remember. Not his that name. guy, but the other guy. No, I mean that yeah. Elvis Andrews was there for yeah. No, that's probably the longest tenured Ranger, truthfully. So Beltre, man, he was not there for that long. I'm gonna look that up while you're thinking about the next guy. Um, he like he was, but he bounced around more than you think he did. Again, not intentionally Rangers heavy. What the heck is going on here? Why you got to choose that? Oh, my God. 91 to 2002 Rangers. You're killing me. 2003 Marlins, 2004 to 2008 Tigers, and then several quick stints with the Yankees, Astros, Rangers before finishing 2010 and 2011 with the Nationals. Elvis Andrews was a shortstop. Yeah, because he played next to Adrian Beltre, Dodo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My mind is if you gotta say this over again. This, this, this guy's do, a Hall got, of Famer, by the way. You got too much going on right now. Okay, uh, say it one more time. Ninety one. You said he's a Hall of Famer. Ninety one to two thousand two Rangers, two 
2003 Marlins, 04 to 08 Tigers, short stints with the Yankees, Astros, and Rangers, and then 10 and 11 Nationals. Hall of Famer? I believe he is, or if I were in charge, he's going to get in eventually. I don't know my Hall of Famers off the top of my head. 91. I don't remember. I, don't, I, was, a, I was a child. I don't remember the, those years. I was so young. Um, okay, so... I'm just thinking in my head. So you said then he went to the Marlins, won a World Series. That was 2000. Oh, maybe he was there the year before they won the World Series. Because um, they won the World Series in 2004, I believe. And then he went to the White Sox, or the you said the Tigers, the White Sox. So the the Tigers is what I remember him from. He may have been part of that Tigers championship team, 04 to 08. The Tigers. The Tigers never won a championship. Didn't, didn't they make it? No. No, they definitely made a World Series. I don't. I think so. Um, but yes. So the Tigers in the mid- maybe one in like two thousand seven, uh, two thousand eight. I think Tigers was. in the mid two thousands. And then- I told you I'm not going to get these. But I- what if I tell you he had a wonderful name? He was a catcher, I believe, primarily a catcher. Played at the same time as A Rod and got screwed over on the last name because everybody thought of A Rod instead of him. Ivan Pudge Rodriguez. Oh, he did win a World Series with the Marlins. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I should have gotten that one. You should have. See, I think of him as a I didn't tiger. realize that he was that. Okay. I didn't realize he. Man. Okay. I should have gotten that one. I should have gotten that one. Yeah, you're right. And he did win the World Series with the, with the Marlins. So that's crazy. But All right. A lot more recent guy here. 2008 to 2017 with the Rays. 18 to 22 with the Giants. And this year could be the reason the Diamondbacks are so good. I don't even follow Dimebacks this year, so that's going to help me at all. I don't. I see the thing is, it's, unless they play for the Twins, I probably don't know them. Is an issue. <laughs> <laughs> honest with you. But how many Rays players can you name? That should shorten it from the Rays glory days. Uh, 2008 to 2017, Tampa Evan Bay. There we go. Evan Longoria. Look how easy that one was. Yeah. Well, he was really the 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 front for them for a long time. He was awesome. He's awesome to watch. Right. This one, this one may be tricky. We're going back to steroid ball. Oh, boy. 89 to 94 Montreal Expos. Vlad. <laughs> 95 to 03 Rockies. And then a short two years with the Cardinals at the end. Not Vlad. Not Vlad. Early Expos? Yeah. Early Expos. Not Roger Clemens. Nope. Who was also early Expos. Oh, he is he Blue Jays? No, he was Expos. No, he was Blue Jays. Was he Blue Jays? Yeah, Blue Jays. No, pre- oh, yeah, you're right. He, yeah, he loved the ELE, didn't he? Never really left, except for in the Astros. Um, the 95... You to- give me stuff that I was before my age, so it's... <laughs> 1995 to 2003, little little Austin wasn't running around watching this guy jack home runs, and then 2004 to five with the Cardinals that I don't think anybody remembers. People 90, re- 95 to 2003 with who? People remember the Rockies teams. That's who, This guy's known for the Larry Rockies. Walker? There we go. See? Yeah, let's go. Yep, three out of five. Should have got Pudge Rodriguez. Should have got Pudge. Oh, I forgot Larry Walker. He is Canadian too. I'm pretty oh, sure he's Canadian. <laughs> I am like I am. I'm gonna look that I just one. Known my MLB '99 computer game from back in the day. He was one of the best guys to have because he just bombed home runs. Larry Walker. Yeah, he was. He could chew seeds with anybody else, man. You say <laughs> it, it was like it was crazy to watch him do that. I am like fairly confident he's Canadian. I'm gonna. Yeah, look, it says Larry Walker, Canadian baseball player. Let's go. Right fielder. Where, where is he from? Maple Ridge, <laughs> British Columbia. Oh, hey, that's basically local. 
basically local. All right. Anything else on this week's show? We jammed a lot of stuff in here to this super episode. We only get Austin like once every six weeks. We got to make the most of it. I don't have anything else. We're having a good time. I'm dealing with with summer baseball at this point, so I am jam packed and ready to roll. But it's good to always be back and. You know, it's, uh, with these late night sessions, we may be able to squeeze a couple more in. So let's get it done. Yeah. Let's roll. Have some ranch waters and do a uh, MLB All Star draft. Yeah, here yeah. In a couple I don't weeks. think I'm. I want to go to. I want to go to that so bad, but I really think the if they don't put Julio Rodriguez in the uh, in the home run derby, they are stupid. So do they put him in, or does he decide he wants to be in? Both. Is it an open invitation that he just has to accept? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that I think that I think they probably ask him to do it, and then you can say, "Well, I'm good." Uh. One quick yes or no question to end the show. LeBron and Kyrie playing together in Dallas. No. (laughs) And we will get into that and the other basketball craziness on next week's episode. Have Andrew back on is the plan. See where we're at with the NBA finals, the NHL finals, and start getting some football trickling in here. We have to do some college and NFL previews. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you next time here on the Sports Gospel. Thank you. Bye.